Hi there. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We'd like to take a moment to announce that we are launching a Patreon. You can find it at patreon.com slash talkingtolkien. We'll also post it on our Facebook and Twitter. We'd appreciate it if you'd take a moment to check out the Patreon and hopefully give some money. Obviously, you don't need to give. We'd appreciate you sharing our podcast just as much. With just a little bit of extra funding, we'll be able to buy server space, equipment, and other necessities to help our podcast grow. Eventually, our plan is to offer other podcasts about other beloved works and overlooked classics. Thanks. Welcome to another episode of Talking Tolkien. This week we read chapters 4 and 5 of The Hobbit, where the dwarves interact with some nasty goblins, and Bilbo has a riddle game with a weird creature in the depths of the mountain, which you probably already know about. That and more follow on this week's episode of Talking Tolkien. Enjoy! Right now, what I've been doing, though, is, like, my iPad stays in my room and my computer stays in the living room. The phone goes back and forth with me. But, like, during the day when I'm on the couch, I use my computer. And at night, when I'm going to bed, I use my iPad. May the uh, audience know that Katie has a broken ankle right now, so yeah. she's currently mostly immobile. What? She does? You know. She's, she's not that lazy. I don't sound like it, do I? I don't sound like I have we a broken leg. We can't hear your broken leg. <laughs> Oh, chapter yeah. five, Overhill and Underhill. Uh, actually, that's chapter four, sir. Oh, yeah. Learn yeah, your, we already had this. Learn your previously. Roman numerals. I actually know them quite well. You would <laughs> apparently know not. Well. Sorry, I <laughs> had some whiskey already. But yeah, so for today we read chapter four, Overhill and Underhill, and chapter five, Riddles in the Dark. Wait, I'm confused. Who are we? Oh, who are we? <laughs> I don't know. Who 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 I are we? I don't know me. I'm John. I'm Katie. And I'm Chase. <laughs> if you're just joining us, uh, we are a podcast that covers the works of J.R. Tolkien uh, chapter by chapter. So this is our third episode of The Hobbit covering chapters four and five. You can go back and find the first two if you'd like to start there. Otherwise, we already covered the entire Silmarillion if you'd like to start at the beginning. You can also find us uh, You can find us in Stitcher under Talking Tolkien and iTunes under Talking Tolkien, uh, TalkingTolkien.com, and that name on both Twitter and Facebook. If you want to send us an email, theprofessor at TalkingTolkien.com. If you want to pitch in a dollar or two, uh, Patreon.com slash TalkingTolkien. I, felt, I, felt through, I was expecting for a second you're going to do like a TLDR. Too long didn't read of the Silmarillion. <laughs> TLDR, the creator created, the world created, was created. Earth. Uh, He didn't realize that... Satan would happen, and Satan happened. TLDR, the Silmarillion. Wait. Oh, and they're these yeah. like, called the Silmarils, and they caused all this. Oh, yeah, and, and Don't also... Don't make shiny things at our front to go Iluvatar. <laughs> I mean, the, gosh, they would be... Yeah, okay. We ca- See, see, the, the, the Silmarillion is so, like, ten, like has so many tendrils that yeah. we're going to talk about when we're in their Hobbit. Even doing, a t- <sighs> even doing a TLDR of the Silmarillion is very difficult. But anyway, we're talking about Where the Hobbit right now. Where are those dwarves now. at? All right, so, chapter... Four, over mountain and under hill. No, sir. Under mountain and over hill. No, over sir. Over hill, under hill. <laughs> I got the general idea. You're right. You're right. A lot of mountains in this. Sorry, my copy, since I'm the only person using an actual book in my lap, the pages turned over to a short rest, so I don't currently have the heading. Okay, there we go. Over I have my actual book in front of me, sir. Don't you lie. But you're don't not make fun of it. me using my Oculus Rift to read books. <laughs> that is a terrifying <laughs> That idea. was a statement. Yeah, all right. Like, what? Do you have, like, a controller and you, like, fly through the words? Like, at the end of Super Smash Brothers Melee? 
makes the uh, rock monster part seem so much more appropriate. Anyway. All right. So uh, when, <laughs> so, we, when last yeah. we left, uh, Bilbo, Thorin, Feely, Keely, Dwalin, Balin, Biffer, Bomber. Boffer. Boffer. Owen, Owen Glowin. Or as I called them as a child, Oin and Gloin. Dolan, Molin. Did you Bolin. say uh, Dory, Molin. Ori, and Nori? And Gandalf. And Gandalf. I think that's all. <laughs> you said them in a strange... Uh, Order. Let's say that them. Confused me. Let, let's say them, but we're not allowed to say them in their like rhyming groups. Feely and Owen and Nori and. Or we could just move on and talk about what yes. they actually yep. did. Yep. Okay, yep. so when last we left our, <laughs> our band of merry dwarves and a hobbit and wizard, uh, they were at Rivendell. They have since left, and they uh, are basically wandering through the Misty Mountains, uh, relying on Gandalf's knowledge of the area to try and get through. And meanwhile, you know, as we had seen before, you know, when when we first started off on our little adventure, it was kind of things were all right. And it was sort of nice because it's, you know, the beginning of summer. But right now the weather is getting worse and worse and the terrain is getting, you know, more and more harsh. Everyone, but especially Bilbo, is getting continually you know, less enthused about the way that things are going. And Bilbo continues to, like, long for home and think about smoking his pipe in, in his uh, comfortable hobbit hole. But alas, that's not where he is right now. And then they get caught in a massive lightning storm. Right. And on top of a mountain. Yeah. And it's actually... And it's actually caused by the stone giants who are, like, playing a game. More than a thunderstorm, a thunder battle. Yeah. A thunder battle. Yeah. So if you can imagine, like, there's these gigantic beings that are ma- made of mountain stone. Yeah. And they're, like, hurling these huge boulders back and forth at each other and causing not only thunderstorms, but thunderstorms to battle against other thunderstorms. So, like... Yeah, and the, th- the boulders yeah. are rolling down and crashing and breaking apart. And, and a heavy th- metal band is playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> mm, no. <laughs> so anyway, they're 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 drenched to the bone and they're like, This is we can't keep this up. So they send Beely and Really ahead Or or you know, Feely and Keely. Because as the youngest by <laughs> fifty years, they have the keenest eyes and they're are the best at looking thing at four things. And as Thorin says, if you're looking for something, you're going to find something. It might not be what you're looking for, but it's gonna be something. What? <laughs> That's what Thorin That's what says. says, right? Okay. I missed that part. He said there's nothing like looking if you want to find something. You certainly usually find something if you look, but it is not always quite the something you were after. Hmm. So it proved on this occasion. Thank you, Benjamin Franklin. And the something that they found was... A hole. No, was the Capitoline Temple of Jupiter Optimus Maximus. Oh, good for That's them. also a lie. They we're have transcendent the universes forum. now. Okay, as but Katie, what, yes. But what they do find is they, they find an entrance to a cave. And Feely and Keely are like, oh, yeah, it looks great. It looks totally safe. We can stay there. And Gandalf is kind of like, I don't know. But, they, but you know, they decide, well, we need to seek shelter now. So they, so they do. They go in and Gandalf kind of, you know, lights up the cavern a little bit. And they look around. And it, it looks safe enough. But uh, Gandalf still has this kind of an uneasy feeling about it. Um, and so for a while, they're like talking and blowing smoke rings and, you know, laughing and feeling pretty good because at least now they have shelter. And then Owen and Glowen wanted to light a fire to dry their clothes, but Gandalf would not let them. Yeah. And they, they're, they're talking about what each of them would do with their share of the treasure if, you know, if and when they do find it. Um, so it's kind of, you know, we have a, a brief reprieve 
and everyone's feeling kind of okay. Until they all go to sleep. Until they go to sleep. And then Bilbo keeps having this weird dream that keeps waking him up of this like wall cracking next to him. Yeah. And then he wakes up and he sees the last of the ponies actually going through a real crack in the wall, being taken by some goblins, and then some goblins overtake them and pull in the dwarves and Bilbo, except for Gandalf, who manages to blow some of them up. Yeah. Well, this is because Bilbo woke up in time to alert yeah. everybody. He, he yelled. But in doing so, the goblins sprung to action. That's yeah. true. That's right. So it was like Bilbo's yell kind of, it like brings on the goblin capturing them. But at the same time, Gandalf manages to like. Liquefy a few of them. Es- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and escape a bit. So yeah, so now the crack in the wall closes and Bilbo and the dwarves are on the wrong side of it. And nobody knows where Gandalf is. And the goblins are dragging them away and they sing this song. It, it, the song sounds, it's just like the sounds that are made up, uh, making up the words in this song are like very harsh. I kind of love that. Um, like, you know, we have black, crack, snap, clap, and clash, Rip, crash, grab, crush, pinch, smash. Nab. So it just, like, it makes, it's all of these really hard, like, you know, like, cracking sounds that mimic the whips that they're using to drive um, the dwarves and Bilbo down this passageway. Then they come across the great goblin. Yeah. Who doesn't have very good things to say about them. Actually, I really like this part because there's this brief moment where the goblins are like, oh, they attacked us and we were just trying to invite them in. It was like this like, like <laughs> yeah, this yeah. great little moment of they like, were like, on our, they were yeah. taking shelter in our front porch. Yeah. We were inviting them in and then they killed us. And then, and then they killed some of our people. So clearly, you know, they're they're the evil ones here. Oh, and, um, and the, the narrator some... wants us to really understand that goblins do not make beautiful things. That's some goblin uh, logic there. And yeah, so uh, that's that's true. Yeah, the, the narrator's telling us about, you know, goblins don't make things for themselves, which it's kind of similar to dragons in a way when yeah, you think about true. how dragons were described to us. However, goblins are like pretty nasty as well. They don't make beautiful things, but they do make clever things. They do yes. make clever things, yeah. And they do have their own sort of know-how, especially with their underground tunnel you know, dwelling and living. They're like evolved hobbits, I feel like. <laughs> but a lot nastier. Wait, devolved hobbits. De- yeah, devolved My hobbits. Bad. Yeah. So the great goblin interrogates Thorin, and Thorin makes something up and says they're on their way to visit family, which actually isn't a full lie in itself. They're trying they're to get back to where they're one. family. But the great goblin, of course, accuses them of being spies and thieves and murderers, and they discover Thorin's sword that he's holding as well. Because that thing has killed hundreds right. of goblins back in the day. So remember, yeah, we learned that the sword that Thorin is currently carrying that they found at the Trolls Cave was uh, Orchrist from Gondolin. Um, however, the goblins called it Biter. That's what they knew it as. Um, Just Biter. Yeah, Biter. Capital B, Biter. <laughs> all right. And of course, they hated it and anyone who carried it because of all of the hurt that it's done to their kind, right? And around this point is when a massive light show happens. Great light yeah. show and well, smoke and sparks go everywhere. Well, the, the primary like torches in the hall clap out. Like, go out. Oh, yeah, yeah. it goes dark. Billowing yeah. blue smoke rises to the ceiling and sparks attack the goblins. Yeah, and, like, go through them, like, burrows holes into them and stuff. Yeah, not only that, but Glamdring, which is Gandalf's sword that he had taken, just kind of has appeared by itself and is, like, attacking goblins and runs the great goblin straight through and kills mm-hmm. him. And as it turns out... And then we hear Gandalf's voice leading... 
Bilbo. Well, but as it turns out, the goblin's called Clamdering Beater. Yeah, Beater. Hated it worse than Biter, if possible. Capital yeah. B, Beater. I will say, after, like, you know, five months of, like, excruciatingly clever and ornate names, I'm not sure if this is a relief <laughs> or a little, like, a, of, a, of, a, of an understatement. What, you don't like Fauxhammer? Yeah, so... Yeah, he's just giving me this look. Beater and Biter are the names that the goblins gave know, to it. but I would expect the goblins to be, like, a little more... But, no, you, they're, they're nasty things, and, uh, like, th- these... Goblins and trolls and whatnot—they're not—they're not supposed to have great names I mean, I for know, things. I guess I'm just know? like fundamentally uncomfortable with this idea that they're somehow like inferior. No, I'm—I'm I'm, I'm with you on that one. I felt weird at one point when they were just dying. I was like, oh, I kind of feel weird about. Yeah, this. like I'm you okay. goblin sympathizers. I'm, no, I, like I'm okay with them being evil, but I'm not okay with them being presented as like inherently intellectually inferior. Well, they're smart. Like they say, they're smart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've derailed this conversation. You, but the other thing you have to realize, and I, I feel like you're going to continue doing this. You still this need to remember this book. is a kid's book. Know, yeah, and it's it it absolutely does not have the same complexity as the Silmarillion and Lord of the Rings. Oh, um, and you know, Tolkien even as he was writing Lord of the Rings, he was beginning to write it, and he was like, "This is a vastly different book from The Hobbit. This is not the sequel to The Hobbit that I started out doing." So as we're reading The Hobbit here, yeah, things are different. Meanwhile. <laughs> All the dwarves and the Hobbit are running for their lives, at the be- like following Gandalf. And who, then, who managed to rescue most of their stuff, but not their ponies. Yeah, the ponies are yeah. gone forever. In fact, there was a line that was like, that's the last I saw of those great ponies, which well, is really sad. Because goblins eat them. Because, yeah, goblins eat them, and donkeys, and, like, other Speaking of which, we animals. ate a horse last night. That's, no, I will, I will literally punch you in, in a the board, head. In a board game. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was, yeah, it was in a board game. Um, anyway, but then that, that's when Bilbo gets separated from them, falls and hits his head. Yeah, so and they're disoriented. Yeah, they're they're kind of you know the dwarves are running as fast as they can, and we and we we hear we're told like so um, you know the dwarves are pretty good at navigating underground because again they they also you know live under mountains. Um, however, these are like goblin made tunnels, um, and so goblins know them really yeah. well. And so they're they're kind of taking uh, turns carrying Bilbo as well because he's doing his best to keep up, but he's not as good as the dwarves are at getting through these tunnels. So um, yeah, they Gandalf is again is leading them away, and Glamdring is kind of glowing blue a little bit because it's it's feeling very prideful for having uh, killed some goblins, mm-hmm. uh, gotten to do that again after probably quite a while, um, and Bilbo slips off of I think uh, Dory Bom- Bomber. Dory was carrying him at the uh, time. Wait. At the time when he falls. Oh, was right. Yeah. yeah. And Bilbo falls and hits his head and loses consciousness. Then leads us to probably the most important chapter of The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Yes. Very important chapter. And a little bit of trivia about this chapter. It actually was revised after the first edition because Tolkien realized he needed to make the character Gollum a little more sinister. And he needed to change a few things to make it fit a little bit better with Lord of the Rings and the Silmarillion. I did not know that. Yep. That's interesting. So this chapter was kind of uh, revised and beefed up a bit. And uh, certain things were changed to make it fit into the rest of the, of, of the history. So Bilbo is stumbling around in the dark. He wakes up. His head hurts. And he slips and kind of like 
puts his hand on the ground and grabs something that's metallic and it's a ring. Yeah. And just instinctively, he just grabs it and puts it in his pocket. He doesn't yeah. really think about it. Which, which, what we know about the ring, you know, Bilbo doesn't know this, and us as a reader, at least in The Hobbit so far, we don't really know this about the ring, but we as individuals who know other things about the ring probably know that the ring compelled him to pick it up. Yeah, they, yeah, that's true. But, like, yeah. but yeah, Bilbo himself just like absentmindedly picks it up and puts it in his pocket. Um, and uh, that will turn out to be a very fateful event indeed. He, he, he also draws his dagger that he had taken from the troll's cave, and he notices that it is elvish as well. Yeah, because it's glowing faintly. Because it's glowing, like Glamdring was. Um, so you might say it's glowing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, <God>. All right. <laughs> But anyway, no, knowing that he has this great blade from Gondolin makes Bilbo feel pretty good right now. Like, it gives him a little bit of confidence. Good enough to decide he's going to, like, um, where's my pipe at? Oh, right here. Where's my tobacco at? Right here. Where's my mat? Oh. No matches. Sad day. The, the, the hobbit can't smoke. <laughs> but then he realizes probably for the best because the smell and light would attract things. Yeah. yeah the smell of that skunk weed will probably like, bring something up. <laughs> And he's got to find his way through here. To be um, fair, something finds them finds him anyway. Right. Um, so, yeah, Bilbo, you know, uh, again, being a hobbit and being able to orient himself underground rather well, though hobbit holes are vastly different from where he is right now, he does manage to follow this tunnel down to what turns out to be a great underground lake. With, a, with an island in the middle of it. Right. A, sl- a slimy island mm-hmm. inhabited by one person who I can't, you know, I keep saying it over and over, like I'm, I'm pushing. <laughs> inhabited by a certain slimy little creature. Yes, with big <laughs> eyes. And for some reason, I imagined like a straw hat, but that was just me. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That just you. Yeah, I that was just you. I kept picturing him with a hat. I have no idea why. Maybe way, way way long ago before he actually became what he was now which is like a 600 year old <laughs> crazy thing <laughs> but uh yeah there's this little creature uh and he's a dark little thing but he's got these pale like lamp-like <laughs> eyes he navigates around in a little boat and he we're told that he eats goblins and fish usually fish more often but when he can get it he eats goblins as well he is named for the sound that he makes when he swallows and he talks to himself in this like hissing kind of like baby talkish voice um that's true and calls himself precious however his name is ted cruz <laughs> gollum gollum, gollum. <laughs> So, yeah, I here said Rand Paul, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> we're introduced to this creature who spots Bilbo and is very curious about him and decides to go investigate. Um, and honestly, he doesn't seem that like like you said they beefed up mid sinister. At this first part, he doesn't really seem that sinister towards Bilbo. At the beginning, no. I but mean, as we go through the rest of the chapter, he does. He gets downright terrifying. Well, they just kind of, like, they come to agreement of if, like... They have this sort of gentleman's agreement, About, right? like, if they could stump each other, one will have to, like, lead the other one out, and the other one, you know, yeah. eats the other one yeah. or whatever. So they, yeah, so, so they, Gollum they, is kind of sizing Bilbo up as an opponent. And so they match wits with a game of competing riddles, which apparently is an incredibly ancient and honored tradition. Mm-hmm. Um it's so a, much so that you could like just have like a stockpile of them. It's a battle of wits. Yeah. Yes. 
So, so yeah, they, you know, they have this wager too that, um, you know, if Gollum wins, he gets to eat Bilbo. <laughs> if Bilbo wins, Gollum has to lead him out. Um, he eats Gollum. No. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's interesting though. Both of them are hungry throughout this uh, riddle game. Like yeah. Bilbo keeps thinking about food and how he probably he hasn't like he knows it's time to eat food, but he doesn't know what time it is. But he just knows that he's hungry. So and Gollum, of course, wants to eat Bilbo. So Bilbo keeps trying to trick Gollum with riddles about the outside world, something about the sun and daisies, something about eggs. But ultimately, they're an even match. Finally, Bilbo can't think and can't think and can't think of a riddle. He reaches into his pocket, kind of just fiddling around, and he forget he re- he re- stumbles upon the ring which he had forgotten was there. And so he said, "What's in my pocket?" to himself, which Gollum takes for a riddle. And immediately Gollum thinks that that's unfair because it's not a riddle. Because it's not really a riddle. But Bilbo is like panicking, so he sticks with it, and he's like, "What's in my pocket?" That's the riddle. <laughs> um, he's just sitting there going, like, your hands, and he's just pulled his hands out in time. Well, Gollum, like, oh. Gollum demands three. Three guesses. And so Bobo grants that. Yeah. Then he, like, says strings, and then nothing. And then, like... No, he says, yeah, he says hands. Hands, dagger. Yeah, knife. Like, oh, yeah, knife. 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 And then he says string. String or nothing. String or, or nothing. nothing, yeah. So, of course, you know, Gollum did not guess correctly. So, by, you know, technicality, Bilbo has, has won. It's a, it's a Laserdisc copy of The Best Little Horror House in Texas. <laughs> That's super specific. I don't know why my brain went there. I don't know why my brain went there. So, <laughs> however, like, Bilbo's kind of nervous, though, because he knows that he didn't really stick to the rules of the game. No, he totally cheated. He's, yeah. he's... So, so Gollum rows back to his island to get something that will help him to attack Bilbo. Because Gollum feels cheated. Mm-hmm. And what is he looking for but a ring? Well, he can't find it and starts yelling about how it's missing. And Bilbo's like, what's missing? My birthday present, which then, is what he calls it. And this is the point where I started to get kind of sad about this whole thing. and started to feel bad with this character. I don't know about anyone else, but I started to feel really bad about Gollum. And then, well, Because then Gollum accuses Bilbo of stealing it. And Bilbo's mm-hmm. like, I don't know what I stole. And then with his hand in his pocket, the ring just kind of slips on. Gollum charges at where Bilbo was, but can't see him. And Bilbo... Bilbo realizes that he is invisible through the power of the ring. Gollum thinks that Bilbo is farther up ahead in the tunnel, so he keeps running and running. So Bilbo is actually following him. And then Gollum gets to a door and he's like, this is the way out. I wonder if he's here. I smell goblins. I'm not going to go here yet. So Bilbo's panicking because Gollum is effectively blocking the exit and, um, you know, realizes that he's probably will be able to smell Bilbo as well. Um, so Bilbo somehow summons like this immense adrenaline rush and manages to jump over Gollum's head, like clear over him. Like three feet in the air and like yeah. seven feet forward. Just an insane jump for a hobby. For a little for a little guy, yeah. Might as well jump a football field <laughs> with just, that just, one. Just perfect enough that he didn't bash his head and his feet didn't knock Gollum. But Gollum suspects this and like grabs the air but grabs nothing. Mm-hmm. So Bilbo runs forward and Gollum's defeated and issues this disgusting defeated cry which makes Bilbo's heart kind of sink. Yeah. Also, Bilbo had a chance to kill Gollum. He he when he was standing there, he thought for a moment about stabbing him, but he realized since he was in- invisible and Gollum was unarmed, it would be unfair and cruel of him to do, so he didn't. So instead he jumped over Gollum, um which was, you know, like this immense moment of pity that he took on this creature. Yeah. Um, and so now... Well, it really is descriptive about that. Like, it, it really digs down into, like, how, like, pathetic and how he doesn't want... Yeah. He doesn't just want to be near him. Just, he wants to just leave him alone. Yeah. 
So now, uh, after you know, after he's managed to get uh, uh, remove himself from Gollum, the ring slips off his finger a bit, and the and the goblins see him. Um, and so Bilbo slips the ri- the ring back on, and then has this like pin, Possible, well, yeah, this he's pinball like, like it's been been pushed around invisibly. Yeah. And he finally makes it to the door, and he's trying to squeeze his way through it because it's like you can't quite get through it, but they mm-hmm. see his shadow because sunlight's getting in. Yeah. And his buttons are stuck, and then he just, like, squeezes on through, and it blows his buttons off. He loses some really nice brass buttons from his waistcoat. <laughs> and he just runs out into the sun, where the goblins don't follow him, because the... I like how it did describe, like, the sun doesn't hurt them, it just makes them feel all dizzy. Yeah. It makes them feel swimmy Well, because, yeah, they're, they're used to living underground, so, you know, yeah, being out in the sunlight would make them feel rather odd. <laughs> so, yeah, our little burglar does manage to escape... And he has burgled something, actually. <laughs> he has stolen, a, <laughs> but he didn't ring even of, mean to. But he didn't even mean to. Yeah, he's stolen a ring of power from a great lord from years and years and years ago that will probably bring about the destruction of all eternity, right? Or whatever. Or whatever. <laughs> and it's that's also so it's that that's a thing, you know. Like when once Bilbo realizes that the ring has made him invisible, he immediately knows that it's a magical ring, and he's heard of these. From a long time ago. Yeah. And, uh, like, so he vaguely knows what it is. Well, it even specifically but... mentions, like, like it kind of, like, puts in some, like, weird, like, references to, like, a Dark Lord, mm-hmm. like, briefly, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yep. Did you not read the thing prior where, again, the book is, like, kind of pushing ahead going, like, hey, this is going to be important later. Not now. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be important later. And that's, yeah, that's one of those things that, again, was kind of edited and beefed up a little bit. Um, there's, you know, this is a very important chapter by virtue of what Bilbo has found and, um, you know, meeting Gollum as well. So we really needed to kind of have a little bit of nudging in that direction. Like, hey, take note of this object and this character. Well, I mean, let's not get past the fact the best thing about these two chapters is the Gollum part, the interaction between Gollum, because it's so, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it, it goes for a very long time, too. Mm-hmm, it was... Mm-hmm. I, I was actually kind of surprised because I remember, like... What am I getting at? I knew that this, like, part took place. Mm-hmm. I knew this riddle situation was going to happen. I didn't realize it was going to take as long as it did. Like, yeah. It seemed like it took a really long time. Like, I imagine they could almost... Be, like, the narrator's playing fast and loose with time and actually probably took hours. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're only seeing a few. Like, I just feel like it took a long... Like, they are exhausting each other. Oh, yeah. Like, and they're really good at this. And I also think that that comes through while you're reading it, too, that it gets, like, it gets more and more urgent as it goes along. Like, they're challenging each other, and, you know, like, Bilbo is frantic trying to think of things. And, and even when, when he answers time to um, Gollum's last riddle about, you know, what dis- what has destroyed all of these things... Um, Gollum is like waiting for yeah. him to steps away, and he's and he's you know nudging him on. He's saying like you have to answer, and Bilbo just blurts out time, and what he really meant was give me more time. However, he realizes that that was ah. the, that was actually the answer was time. So I, it's yeah, that whole exchange is very clever. In fact, you know this is our usual wrap up thing of like favorite things in the chapter. Well, I mean, in the readings today, we have notices and stuff, discussion points, talking yeah. points. Yeah. Um, well, I was just gonna say. What would you spend your one fourteenth of the treasure on? Oh, what would you spend your but like within yeah. the Middle Earth world? That's a lot of treasure, within, though. Hmm. I mean, that's a lot of treasure. That is a lot of treasure, but I would, I would probably. Oh gosh. <laughs> I got mine. I know mine. What is it? Okay, 
You know how, like, on the map of Middle-earth, there's this big, like, uh, all the way to the east and up to the north? There's something that I thought was going to come up in the Silmarillion, but it never did. Mm-hmm. And I keep seeing this part on the map, and I keep always wondering about it. I would mount an exposition to it. It's this, like, big glowing, like, big pillar of a light. just appears in the east of the map. Like, if you're looking at a map right now, like, on the east is just this, like, pillar of light. I would mount an expedition to go to that. Okay. It would take years because it's like, it's like, the, it's like the trip, the hop, like they take from the Shire to the Lonely Mountain, mm-hmm. like times four, I would say. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Or I'm looking at me like, like, <laughs> like I swear, like I, I have seen that on that map and I'm so curious. I'm so curious. I want to go there. I would, I would construct a team building resort in the Lonely Mountains for uh, teams of wayward dwarves. <laughs> I would probably uh, spend it on establishing, like, a pub or something uh, in Bree or... Um, actually, no, I, I would... Yeah, I would want to live in the Shire, absolutely, because it would be, like... Bree in the Shire? Bree is near. It's, it's near. It's, it's a city that's that's near the Shire, and they pass through it. Just to, um, like, build a hobbit hole. I, yeah, I would... But it would be, like, a... It would be, like, a place for, for people to stay if they needed, or... Uh, and it would absolutely have, like, a pub... And I would run the most amazing Hobbit restaurant there. <laughs> oh man, a Hobbit restaurant! Man, food always food always, always food. comes back to food. Always What's food. With us in this I'm, book? I'm always hungry when we're talking about this book because always talking yeah. about it. Even like the descriptions of the fish that were still alive made me hungry. Okay, mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't. Have, yeah. <laughs> um, but so so yeah, that's that's a really great idea. Um, uh, but my other thing was like uh, so favorite kind of favorite things that pop out uh, at you from our reading. I like to talk about that every time. And mine is actually like the, the, the riddle game because I love that it's like this, such this high stakes thing of Bilbo being able to find his way out of the cave or Gollum getting to eat Bilbo um, that is based on a game of wits. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's all about in- like intellect and uh, and puzzles. Well, I love it. I mean, I'm gonna cheat. That's also my favorite part too. <laughs> I mean, with it, that, that's the best part. Yeah. Of this whole part. Wait. <laughs> oh, this whole section is what I meant to say, because it's like all the riddles are really clever. Like mm-hmm. all the riddles are something that you could probably even like throw at people in real life and see if they know what to. There are a few like. The egg one, I kind of figured out right off the bat. Like, mm-hmm. that one was one I could tell. The time one, I could tell. But there was one in there about... The one about the wind, I, for some reason, didn't quite catch on what that one was about. And the one about teeth. Yeah. I didn't quite get that one either until yeah. they did it. Like, Te- I actually sat there, read it, and sat there and thought about it for a minute. I just huh. I just liked how when they were, like, something was tough, but they cracked it, they said, chestnuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that was a real chestnut. <laughs> but, you? yeah. That was what I liked. Oh, chestnuts? Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Nothing really stands out to me as, like, particularly better or worse than the rest. Yeah, I mean, the fir- the previous chapter, uh, four, I mean, it was just getting to the place mm-hmm. more than anything. I mean, the, 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 the mountain, the mountain men was weird. Yeah, the stone, the stone giants. Like, I don't even know, this doesn't, like, this book, okay, this is, and I'm starting to have it like you did. This book is starting to show some, like, bizarre inconsistencies, and I think that's only because it was the first book. Well, first book published. Yeah. First book published. Just, like, the for some, some reason, the mountain, like, people, something about that just seemed weird. Like, off. Like, not it didn't fit in this world. You know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah. Like, they just seem, it just seemed a little arbitrary. Like, because based upon what we know, the Maya and all that stuff, like, mm-hmm. when they created secondary creatures and stuff like ants or, you know, tree, tr- like, shepherds, tree, shepherds tree, of the tree trees shepherds. and all mm-hmm. that stuff, they kind of made sense. The pro- they, they don't really make much sense. Like, I don't know why. They don't fit well within this world to me. I can see how... I can I can see how you, how you could think that um, they're a throwaway thing, but but uh, at the same time though, like I'm I'm just gonna keep saying this that the Hobbit is entirely different from uh, Lord of the Rings and the Silver. Imagine Land. we will never see these things again, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're not. You know, it's it's like in passing, and it's kind of it, it. But it's the same sort of thing that Tolkien does in the past. So like the the stone giants, I can imagine them like causing storms. Like, oh, this is why we have these huge storms in the mountains. It's because the stone giants are, you know, having a war game. All right. Okay. So, and I also, know, to me, a I kind of Super unreliable narrator, I guess. Yeah. Could also be like saying, hey, this is what we saw. Reality was just a bad storm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could be. But yeah. Um, I thought, yeah, I want to know from uh, listeners, what would, would you do with your part of the treasure can you figure that as a tangible number i mean <laughs> yeah. i feel like that's got to be like in the trillions i mean it's gonna be a lot it's you know remember this this is the a horde that a dragon has kept so well this is a, this is like one of the biggest riches of the dwarf kingdom right so yeah. there there's a lot of shiny stuff in there all right then i think we've exhausted this <laughs> there's no more to talk about is there next week what are we gonna be reading Chapter six. So yeah, next week we'll be on to chapter six, um, out of the frying pan into the fire. And then so. after that, we'll be watching the first movie. Mm-hmm. You hooray to us! <laughs> <laughs> so again, you can contact us at all of our platforms. Um, we are talking Tolkien on um, iTunes and Stitcher, and Twitter and Facebook, and Twitter and Facebook, and Patreon if you like chip it in a dollar. Yep. We're in the process of trying to launch a couple of other podcasts, mostly related some. A little different, so the money will help us buy stuff like microphones, server space, uh, a couple of Facebook ads to help get the word out. Um, you can also email us, um, the professor at talkingtalking.com, and I think that's everything. Yeah, I think so that's thank- all of our contact information. <laughs> all right, well, thank you for listening. Bye bye. Whoa, what was that? <laughs>